<laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's all right. That's all right. <laughs> and my wife looked, you need to be quiet. Well, you know, I, I hope you can hear what your pastor is saying because, man, he, uh, this man walks in a level of wisdom that, that I'm telling you people just don't carry today. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of cliche Christianity going on. Buzzwords, cliche, just a phrase, catchphrase. And, it, and it's, really, it's really not carrying the weight of a generation that needs to find some things in God. But your, your pastor has, has walked with Jesus for a long time, and he knows him, and he's able to, to bring things to you that will bring life to you. So I would encourage you to treasure the gifts that God has set in your midst and honor them, respond to them. And the best thing you can ever do is respond to them by listening to them and taking that to heart because it will, it will produce some really good benefits in this church. But we're really blessed to be here. Thank you for having us, Pastor Ziggy and Annie. Thank you, Winters Church, for having us. We love you. We feel like we come home every time that we come. Amen. We're seeing you more and more this year, ain't we? <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you for having us come. I hope that you can understand what Pastor was saying just a moment ago about curses. You know, here's the thing about curses. Do they exist? They do. But they are mindsets that people believe that often occupy groups or individuals. You know, I, I grew up under a poverty mentality. That's a curse. I believed that we were poor and that we were always going to be poor. The language of my family was, this is just us. This is who we are. And in fact, both sides of my family, I had one side that was Hispanic, one side that was white, and each one of them carried that same poverty spirit and that mentality in a different way. One side carried it with a strong jealousy. Uh, they, they, they criticized anybody or were jealous of anybody that prospered. And the other side, you know, just, just accepted it as normal. This is just how life is, and it's meant to be hard, and, you know, you're never going to really go or anywhere or amount to anything. And, you know, I had to come out of agreement with that. that my, the reason it was functioning in my life was because I believed it. And I'm telling you, God tries to get us free by, by bringing us the truth and helping us to receive and believe and love the truth so that our mind can clear up. Our mind can get renewed, and we can cast away all them uh, drabby garments that we're not supposed to wear in the spirit. And boy, I'll tell you, the God's people really do. They should, they should wake up that God has blessed us. He's not cursed us. And there's a lot of things that we got to come out of agreement with. I'm telling you, one of the things that was in my family was divorce. You know, when, when my folks divorced, you know, when I was a kid going to school, I started out, there was hardly anybody divorced, but it seemed like the 70s just exploded with divorces. By the time you hit 80s, boy, people were parting ways, and it was, it was becoming common, and the pain and the hurt and all of the stuff that went along with that, with kids, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of reaping some of that in our society today, but it created a mentality that it was normal, that that was just normal and it brought a lot of things that it shouldn't have brought. And, and boy, in, in my family line, there's so many that are, that are caught by that. And it, it was almost like it tried to take Tammy and I out too. 
we fought through that. We determined we were going to get through that. And we stuck it out and broke that thing because we didn't want, we decided, I'm telling you, I decided the curse stops here. It's not going any further. We're dealing with it. We're cutting it off because this lineage is meant to be blessed. Amen. And I would, deter, I would tell you, you need to determine those kinds of things. You know, I suffered from anxiety and PTSD and all of those things. And he was suffering from that when Tammy and I first got married. I mean, bad dreams, couldn't sleep, uh, violent things, you know, just stuff. And, and, and the Lord just brings you away from those things. He sows his truth into you and, and helps you to understand you don't have to live like that. You can be healed. You can become well. And, you know, I'm, I'm not faulting anybody who needs medication. Medication is, is a good thing if you need that. I mean, it's like a spare tire. I mean, sometimes you just got to put the spare on to get somewhere to get your flat fix. Put it on if you have to get somewhere to get your flat fix. But I'm telling you, I, I talked myself, I, 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 was, I was a faith speaker. I would just talk the word and talk the word because I believe the word of God would heal me. I believe that God's word would heal me. And I, I kept it in front of me and just kept sowing it into my life and declaring it into my life and watched God just bring me through chapters of my life and make me whole, just like his word says. And I'm telling you, I can stand here today and tell you God has done so many amazing things in my life and Tammy's life. We're, we just look at our life and thank God for what God has done. I, I give God all the praise and God the glory. But he begins to sow those things in you. I was thinking when Pastor was talking about prosperity, years ago when I first got married, we, me and Tammy, I, I worked a, at a gas and oil company, and I was hauling gasoline in a bobtail truck all around town, around the county, around the region. And about a few months into that, after about four months after we got married, I lost my job. And uh, in that part of the world, it was very, very difficult to find a job. And so, uh, you know, and I was also feeling the pressure of family that were, you know, already expecting that that was just the way it was. See, we told you, you know, da-da-da-da. Uh, and, man, I, all I knew to do was, was do what I could do to find a job, but believe God and pray. And I would spend day, hours and hours, days on end, praying in the Spirit, getting in the Word, and declaring things. And... And, you know, I can remember during that particular time, I had a $100 bill in my pocket, and that was all the money I had, and I'm in church, and God says, I I'd like you to give me that $100 bill. Well, I'd never done anything like that in my life. I mean, I'm, barely, I'm not even making the tithe, and he's asking for the whole thing. And I, I wrestled and just sowed it anyway, and, and, you know, I knew that it was going to do more in his hands than it was mine. But one night I had a dream, and uh, in this dream, I'm walking, I think it was heaven, because it was a different place than earth. It was an amazing place where things were like they are here, but they were all in perfection. There was, all, I mean, even, even the sky was in perfection, except there was no sun in the sky. The sun, light was coming from this other place I could see over in the horizon. It was lighting up everything. But I'm walking along, walking in front, down a sidewalk in front of houses, and I hear a voice call my name. And I turn to look. And it's this old man sitting up on this porch swing. And he's, he's swinging on this porch swing, and he motions for me to come up on the, the, the porch and sit with him. So I turn, and I go sit with him. I keep looking at him thinking, I know you. You look real familiar to me, but I can't quite place who you are yet, but, you, but I know you. And he's laughing and laughing and laughing, and he looks at me, and he says, you've been worrying about money. You've been worrying about what you're going to do. 
And he busted out in a big belly laugh and put his hand on my head and says, you don't have to worry about money anymore. And I mean, a flood just busted inside of me and I began to weep and break. And I mean, I, I, all this stress, pressure, and fear just flooded out of me. And I woke up from the bed, from that dream in the bed, and I sat up and tears are streaming down my face. And there was a supernatural faith that had come into me and the fear and the worry and the stress. My circumstance had not changed, but my believing, my faith had completely changed. And there was something about that moment that began to define in my life that I can start walking a new walk and a new path with God. It didn't change overnight, but I'm telling you, I never fretted or worried about it after that. It was almost like I just supernaturally knew and had a gift of faith that was going to start carrying me to prosper me. And you know, God has visited me at least five different times in dreams over, over prosperity and talked to me about prosperity. And I've been amazed over the years when, when I would share those things when I was younger. I had a few people in my circle that were like, you know, God don't talk to us about money. That's a carnal thing. That's a natural thing. Well, I'm telling you right now, he'll talk to you about your money. There are things that he would like to say to you about your money. We already had the offering, so we're not going to take another one. But listen, there are things that, that, that need to shift in our mind. And I mean, when they begin to change, you know, your circumstances sometimes have to, the natural has to catch up sometimes to what is happening in the spirit in your life. And, and if you'll hang with, you know, the Bible talks to us about not growing weary and well-doing for a due season we'll reap. You know what due season? That's when it breaks from the unseen realm into the seen realm. The due season, everybody look at your neighbor and say, you know, your due season is coming. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. Listen, don't delay your due season by unhooking too soon. You can, listen, I don't believe that you necessarily can shipwreck it permanently, but you can certainly delay it. God will, God will have to kind of start the cycle all over again. I, I, let's not have to have him do that. Let's, let's stay connected to it where it can come like it needs to come in the appropriate time. I'm telling you, God is a God that is on time. Holly, Jesus came in a due time. You are in the kingdom for such a time as this. And everything that you will face, listen, the devil's already, devil's already been defeated. Amen. You know, Brother Chris at our church, he's one of our elders, and he, uh, he just got this fantastic raise. I mean, just a, just a fantastic raise. Well, within days of the raise, he's driving down to go out and eat and celebrate the raise, and his engine blows up. And he's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to get a new truck. And he goes, you know, that, 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 that blessing came and then the devil came. And I said, well, brother, let me tell you how you need to look at it. The God doesn't beat the devil. The devil was coming. God knew he was coming. God beat him with the rays before, it ever, before the, the calamity ever showed. Instead of you feeling like somehow God failed, somehow the devil got won over. God done beat him to the punch. And God behaves like that. Sometimes we just don't, re we think a bad thing is all the whole story. But what's been going on to where you're in a position that's different? And can you hang with God long enough to see some things shift and change in your life? 
And you know, money and prosperity is just one round. You know, I don't think prosperity is just about money. Man, what good does it have if you got a whole bunch of money but you can't stand your spouse? You know how many Christians, I've been a pastor a long time, how many Christian couples can't stand each other? I've seen Christian couples in their 70s who couldn't stand each other, but they were just like a bad habit that wouldn't quit. And I'm like, that's not prosperity to me. That's not success to me. I've seen older Christians whose kids couldn't stand them. Or older Christians who couldn't stand their kids. And it's like, that's not blessing. Something has to change right there. Something has to change. God needs to be able to bring about an understanding that he's blessed you and you can live different. You, can li you don't have to live in strife. You don't have to live in depression and fogging, the fogginess of war all the time. My God, we, got, we have a generation that, that they think that they're struggling all the time. And I think they're prophesying and creating many of the struggles just because they can't stop the addiction. And I'm not talking about addiction to drugs. I'm talking about addiction to drama. Addiction to the crisis. A crisis-oriented Christian. I think, it's, I think it's all about how you're perceiving and how you're believing reality to be. Talk about a curse. That's a curse that needs to be broken. But when you break that, you come out into another place where you can live and you can enjoy your life. Your pastor is absolutely right about toil and labor. And man, I'm telling you, we just beat our head on the wall and we, we feel like we got to do it because that's the curse of life. Well, God has changed that. He's changed that. Things are supposed to work for you, not work against you. And when they work against you, you still have authority over that to come out of that. It doesn't have to sink you. It doesn't have to sink you. You know, we got this guy down there in Paris, Texas, who uh, started this fish, fish fry place. It's called the Fish Fry. He, uh, he, and, and people go down there uh, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and I mean, it's packed out, and he's a millionaire. He's multi-millionaire now. But, uh, you know, he, he went bankrupt four different times. And, you know, people don't really know his story. They just think he had all that success. But he just decided, I'm not bankrupt. I'm, I'm going to make it. I know I'm going. I'm, he just had the mindset that went along with it. And he did. He found where his niche worked, and he connected with it, and he come out of it. And he learned tremendous things from all the failures that happened before. I'm, I've determined that my failures in my life, I'll learn something from them. I'll get wiser from them, but I will not live in them. Because I am, I am not a failure. I am not a failure. Man, God set me free. You know, when, when the, the first year I was filled with the Holy Ghost, man, I went through deliverance. Not, not on purpose. It was kind of one of them things that happened in church. There was a guy in church back in those days... The pastor didn't even believe in it. Pastor was assembly of God, but he didn't believe in anything like that. And uh, this guy uh, was in the church, and he was a full gospel businessmen's fellowship dude. He was just a lay minister, they called him. You know, they were just like, like a lay leader. Well, anyway, he starts talking about uh, the money changers in the temple. The pastor let him talk. And, and man, the pastor got behind that and started talking about that and said, you know, we don't know what all this is about, but we're going to have a deliverance service tonight. My God, and, you know, and I, I thought, you know what? I'm pretty sure I got demons because there's a lot of things that are going on in my mind. I'm pretty sure there's things going on in my mind and in my life. So, you know, I get ready. Like, oh, good. 
praise God, 6 o'clock tonight, we're going to meet, we're going to have deliverance. I didn't know what we were about to get into, but it was real strange. All that day, them, them devils never popped up their head one time. I mean, I was even eating lunch with friends, complete stillness inside of my, I mean, I didn't have those conversations in my head with things, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, you know, maybe I'm all right. Maybe, maybe I just imagined all that. And it was like the voice of the Holy Spirit said, no, the devil's trying to fool you. He's playing possum on you. So I went to church that night. My God, they started getting that. I went up. I'm, I'm going to go up right now. So I got up and started heading up there. And somehow the pastor and this guy that's ministering, I mean, I'm the first in line. They just went like that and just moved me to the side right next to them. Uh, you know, and I started to get mad. Like, what? what? I, I'm, I'm in need. And then they began to minister. And people came that night that had never come to that church before and never came back after that night. We were packed standing in the back with people that were, I mean, it was like, it was like a bug light on the front porch just attracted all the bugs. And, but I had a front row seat. What I realized going into it is that I'm getting to stand there next to the leader's and I don't know if they knew they were doing it, but it was like it, they put me right at a front row seat. And I mean, hours, they were ministering to people one after another, and I'm watching people get set free. But boy, when my turn came, boy, I, the pump was primed. And I said, God, I want you to get me free. And that minister said, I want you to agree with me. You have to pray too. And man, we started rebuking things and praying over things. But one of the things that came out of me was a spirit of destruction, and man, the Lord has brought this back to me just this, this, in this summer about this particular characteristic of what I had been dealing with growing up. A spirit of I grew up in that spirit of poverty with no Christmases and no birthdays. And you know, that might not be a big deal to some people today, but when you're a little kid growing up, and everybody around you is enjoying Christmases and enjoying birthdays, but somehow members of your own family are chintzing out and just, you know, not wanting to spend any money on those kinds of things and counting them as stupid, it marks a child. And so I grew up with this feeling of just eventually just trying to avoid all of those events because I knew it was never going to be a happy occasion for me. There was never going to be any presents. There was never going to be any cake. There was never going to be any of those things. And you kind of get burned out on that watching your cousins play with all their Christmas toys, wanting to know where yours are, and you don't have any, and you never have any. And so, you know, I had, I had adopted, or a spirit had gotten in there that turned me angry. And so every event that was a, that was a good event, uh, I destroyed it. It was almost like a power would come over me and I would attack or destroy or mock or make it ruined. And when I got married, it was even the same manifestation of this was like when Christmas would come, this thing would come over me. And it was like, you know, just, just this thing. And I had to learn to keep it defeated. Boy, they rebuked that thing in me, said that thing was, was working in you to destroy every good event in your life, and you've been agreeing with it. You've been thinking it's a good thing to, to allow that to work. Man, I needed that thing out of my life. Talk about a curse. But you know, since that time, I've watched other Christians around me here recently that that's the same cycle they got going on in their life. Maybe not to the same degree, 
but they have this thing about them that they can't celebrate somebody else's victory, somebody else's blessing. They're always like, why'd you get a new car? You see what my smoke, the smoke bomb I'm driving, God, what's wrong? Why come you don't bless me? And then they sour the event. And it's because sometimes we're, we're working in things that God's trying to get us set free from. Everybody say, I need to be free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants us to get set free. So, I mean, he, your pastor kind of triggered my, my mind tonight to, to think about this and talk about this, about these kinds of things that God is working to do in this time and in this generation. We're going to look in, uh, in a passage of Scripture from the book of Matthew chapter 12, uh, and I want you to kind of uh, hang with me here just for a minute. Because I think this is relevant for our time. And my thing, come in here, listen, we're going we're gonna to pray for some people tonight. The Holy Spirit said he, he's going to heal some people tonight. Amen. He, he, who was here this morning that got healed? Are you still here? Praise God. Tell us what happened. So um, I had some suspected liver damage, and um, I felt the Lord heal me when he was praying that. I felt it, my stomach, on the right side. It wasn't a pain, but it was sort of a, like, I just had an awareness in that area. I had to Google it afterward. I was like, where is your liver located? And I was like, whoa, that was the area I felt that in. Hallelujah. And you'd never really been to the doctor about that, had you? And that was in the word of knowledge this morning. Is that I don't think you've been to the doctor about it. I think it's just something in your that you've been concerned about. Hallelujah. And listen to me. God's, God's going to do that tonight. There's, there's people he's going he's to heal you. And you know, he's not a respecter of persons. You know, there are moments where the Bible says that Jesus healed them all. Talk about a great place. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm radical enough to believe that we're entering those days again. That there's not a feeble one among them. Hallelujah. So let's allow the Lord to do that tonight. We're going to pray for you tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody go, ha, ha, ha. Amen. <laughs> you know, it doesn't hurt you to laugh in church. Amen. We laugh at some things we shouldn't laugh at. Let's laugh in the presence of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh oh. <laughs> Woo. Man, my glasses are getting foggy. Amen. When they get foggy, there's something going on. Hallelujah. You know, this summer, about a month ago, we had uh, a camp. Our church hosts a camp every year in June. And a couple of years ago, we had to move the camp from Queen City because we sold our campground. We had actually outgrown our campground. 
we've been hosting camps there for uh, years and years, and it, we just outgrew it. We just could not sustain any more growth, and, and it was increasing. So we, we, we uh, prayed and, and, and sold our campground and found a place. Another brother helped us find a place down in Anadarko, a campground down there. So we started last year. And, uh, you know, it was a different challenge because we had to load up our kids now and go somewhere, and it cost us a lot more than it used to cost us because we had owned the campground before so we could keep it cheaper. But, uh, but this, this campground made us have to go on a, a, about five hours away. So we had to come away from our familiar place and, and our leadership team. They all went and served, and other uh, leaders would go and serve. And last year was a powerful time. I mean, we were like, let's see how this is going to do, us getting out of our comfort zone. Powerful time. Many kids came to the Lord. We had signs and wonders last year that were shocking to the leaders because they saw things, and they're like, I've never seen anything like that before. There's one girl last year that was a pill. She was, uh, she was kind of one of those uh, young ladies. I think she was about 14, if I remember correctly, but she was a young lady who was giving her her family fits and her leadership team fits and and just kind of being a pill and you know even you know just just drama uh, anyway she came up for prayer and uh, one of the ladies was praying for her Lisa Knox was praying for her but never touched her this just felt like the Holy Spirit said don't touch this girl so they're praying for her in the midst of all the stuff that's going on this girl gets powerfully touched by the Holy Spirit Literally, and I asked, my, my own daughter saw it, my daughter-in-law saw it, uh, others saw it. She lifts off the ground and lays back and floats back down to the ground and is set down on the ground. Got up from that place, completely radically changed, and is still on fire for Jesus right now. Absolutely on fire for Jesus. Yeah, my leadership team is coming. Hey, Pastor, the, what is that? Does that? Has that ever happened before? I said, well, in, in certain stories, in certain cases, it has happened. It has happened. It happened in the Salvation Army years ago all the time. People don't know this. It used to happen. They used to set up on the corners and beat the drums and preach the gospel, and, and God would bring people off of bar stools, pick them up off the ground, carry them over the crowd supernaturally and set them down at the altar. And when they hit that altar, they were broken under the power of God's spirit. And it happened a lot. Talk about signs and wonders. So, you know, our appetite is whetted. You know, we're like, hey, there's, man, this is, this is great. So this year we were trying to figure out the direction and they had this, this direction of, uh, what was it, Un, uncommon? Uncommon was the theme. So kids came, we grew some more. We actually maxed out this, this year, maxed out the, what we were able to rent at the time. But uh, this, this year, instead of it going like till Tuesday and Wednesday to get started, because, you know, camp, it takes sometimes a little bit of time for the kids to kind of get involved. It hit immediately, immediately night one, and Tammy was there. And the Holy Spirit fell, started working and there were students, some of our students, we had a new family join our church recently. And uh, the dad and the two sons, and both the sons were at camp. And a number of years ago, they were a bad druggy family, way into crime, way into drugs, bad, you know, lived a bad realm life. Uh, you, can, you can tell, they, I mean, they've been beat up and scarred up pretty bad. Well, the two boys were, were kind of, you know, not sure about this church stuff. 
And in fact, a few years ago, I found out that they, their mother was murdered right in front of them. So they're living with all of this stuff, and they had come to the Lord. I had led them both to the Lord just about a month, six weeks before in a, in a special prayer line service that we had. But they're going to camp, and they're, they're you know, you can tell that the, that, the, that the fire was trying to go out on them. But they get into camp that first night, that youngest one, man, he gets delivered. Bad spirits start showing up in his life. And he's manifesting all over the place. And he's, he's trying to figure out what's happening. This is the stories I'm getting. And Tammy, Tammy of course, could probably tell you more clearly. But uh, his story is, is that bad spirit was telling him, you don't need to listen to that preacher. He's lying to you. You stop listening to that preacher. And he said that thing was standing right there when they cast it out, saying, you know, I, you don't need to listen to the preacher, but he knew, but it scared him. He's like, no, 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 I, Jesus, I want to be free. He gets so set free, and then his brother gets touched toward the end of the week. Multiple of our kids get touched, and devils come out of them, literally come out of homosexual spirits, spirits of confusion, spirits of rejection, spirits of anger. Uh, I mean, all kinds of spirits. I mean, and there's, there's, this is not... This was not like they had a psychological thing going on. This was demonic. And these are all church kids. These are all church kids. Your kids came and saw this stuff too that was going on. Maybe they experienced it too. I'm hearing good stories. And I'm hearing it from all the other groups that came too. That it's kind of turned the attention of those in charge and those in leadership in churches that that maybe we've maybe we've we've failed to understand what it was we were dealing with in preaching the gospel you know we want we have a tendency to want a tbn style christianity instead of what the real gospel is the gospel is messy the gospel is is bloody sometimes it is messy it is something that that, you know, it's, it's not something that a TV preacher wants to put on TV. And I commend those who are willing to do it. There are a few. And I mean, they're, they're, they're getting real rare now. But I mean, they've been out there. You know, Brother Allen was just not, he didn't shy away from it one bit. Shambach didn't shy away. Morris Cirillo. My God, I had, when I had all them demons, I was watching Morris Cirillo one time. And every demon in me was going, don't look at that guy. And it was through the TV set. And I mean, he's like, beloved, you know, and he's looking at that TV and then my eyes are bugging out. And I'm like, ah! But you know, that's the stuff that we've kind of, we've kind of gotten away from because we don't count that like Jesus said that this is also the realm of miracles. He talked about deliverance as being in the realm of miracles. But we like miracles that look like Christmas presents instead of some of the things that we really need. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus is moving in. And just like his minute, we, we, see, we neglect to understand that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just like you see him showing up in the land of Israel, he shows up in the power of the Holy Spirit right now in the land and in the church. And when he came into the land of Israel, you know what he did? He didn't behave like everybody else. 
He came in there and he started throwing the devil out. Every, you know, he goes to church and a devil manifests and he throws him out. He tells him, you need to stop talking and you need to come out. That man had an unclean spirit in that synagogue. You know, you can attach a lot of things to what an unclean spirit is, but it's the devil. And he was going to church. You know, I heard Brother Rodney say this years and years ago. He said, you know, they always talk about the big old bad spirits in Africa. But he said, you know, he come over from South Africa to America, and he found out the big old bad spirits are over here in America. They just wear suits and ties and have a Bible under them, and they go to church every Sunday. <laughs> it's the truth. And I know this makes us uncomfortable because we're thinking, well, well, if the, if the Holy Ghost is living in me, how can something else be living in me? Well, don't be confused. Can you go home to your house sometimes and find a bug or termites or a mouse? See, critters can get in there sometimes. Things can wear and tear and break, and there can be critters that come in there sometimes. And you know what happens when you find them? You treat them. You get them out. We don't want to live with critters. We don't want to live like that. So the battle begins. We're going to get the critters out. And so the Bible says this. The Bible says that we're a, we're a triune being. We are a spirit who has a soul and we live in a house, a body. Everybody say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. See, the part of you that when you get born again is your spirit. Yes, your spirit, man, has been born again when you receive Jesus. He comes in there, and, and what, what Peter said was a work of regeneration occurs. You were dead in trespasses and sins. When he moves in, you are now made alive unto God. Now you are alive unto God. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a release of that process of power that is now supposed to invade all the other parts of your being. And so your thinking begins to change. Your attitudes begin to change. Things start falling off of you. And part of that process is there are enemies in the land. Just like when Joshua was sent into the land of Canaan, the land of promise, that was their promised land. Our promised land is the baptism in the Holy Spirit and letting Jesus have all of us. And through that, the dynamic of what we are to be begins to unfold itself. And sometimes those giants are there in the land, just like me in that spirit of destruction. You know, you, you, you could have asked me if I'd have known what it was, uh, we need to get that out. And I would have believed that it was me, just like I thought poverty was me. Just like I thought fear was me. I thought, I thought the depression that I suffered then was me. I mean, I used to have arguments with God and say, well, you, you made me like this. And then the Holy Spirit began to just tell me, said, I didn't, I didn't give you that. I didn't give you that. That's not me. That fear is not me. I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind, by the way, is good judgment. See, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, he affects the way you judge, the way you perceive and understand and make your decisions. 
So when the Holy Spirit comes in, there's things that happen in our life that begin to affect us and are supposed to liberate us to come away from attitudes and even devils within our life. See, Christians can't be demon-possessed, but they certainly can be demon-oppressed. And some of them just kind of buddy up with devils and go around with them. They just live with them in their life. I mean, I've even met Christians that they knew it was devils, but they just didn't want to mess with it, so it's okay. You know, if I don't bother him, he won't bother me. And it's like they're captives. They're not going to walk in the victory that God has set for them. Well, I don't know if you've been concerned, like I have over the generation that we, that we have been watching. There's something that's happened in the mindset of America and even around the world over the last 15 years that is the strangest, most bizarre thing that I've ever watched. Now listen, I know every generation has their issues to deal with, just like when I was a kid that wars and broken homes and all that was a big deal. But we're watching things, and I hope this is not going to offend anybody because I've been mentioning this a whole lot. Just the other day, I'm watching a parade of men that are dressed up in clown suits like these are homosexual transgender men of all ages and their their privates are hanging out and they're marching down a street in dc shouting we're coming for your children we're coming for your children you can find this video it just happened and here's, here was, that, that, that was shocking enough. There was a time that that would have never been allowed to happen. But, you know, I, I, that wasn't the most shocking thing of the video. The most shocking thing of the video was along the streets were mamas with their little kids. And they're going, oh, isn't that so wonderful? And I'm like, my God in heaven. What kind of a devil is this that has not only caused those men to behave that way, but gotten in the mamas who has a mama bear anointing that has now shipwrecked her will and her ability to function correctly to protect her children. And I'm like, this generation, we've got to have something more than what's going on. We better back up and re-examine some things. So we've been watching in our church. God has been setting us up like bowling pins ready for the game all year long. We've been watching layer upon layer. We've had many nights of laying hands on people, and God's been saving, filling with the Holy Spirit, healing the sick, and delivering the oppressed. And we've just been kind of rubbing it all in in one ball of wax. We, we didn't just say we're going to do this tonight and that tomorrow night. No, we just said we're going to have a prayer line and we're going to pray for people. And I mean God's been moving. God's been showing up. And that anointing has been stirring. And I don't believe it's just supposed to be us. I think it's going to happen all over the place. Healing has come again. I'm telling you it's not coming. It's back. The anointing is coming into manifestation. The gift of faith is coming into manifestation. 
I'm telling you, when that gift of faith comes, when the Holy Spirit doles out the gift of faith, you have the ability to believe God against all odds. And you can stand there with a confidence and declare it so. And I mean, you will not move. You will believe God. That gift is come back into the church. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the revelation gifts have, have, we've always been functioning in the revelation gifts as far as I can remember. But I'm telling you, the power gifts are back. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you right now, it's not just the preachers that God wants to use in these things. It's you. If you can believe this tonight, say, it's me. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're going to have to stir the water. There is this place within your life as a Christian that you got to get out there and kind of, you know, we were singing that song, I'm stirring up deep, deep wells. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you should have been moving. I mean, amen. You know, prophecy, prophecy has this element to it that is acting out what it is that God is doing. I believe he's doing it. I heard he's doing it. So I'm going to act like he's doing it. So if he's healing the sick and he's delivering the oppressed, I'm in the front of the line and I'm going to start practicing. Hallelujah. If I believe God is talking, I'm going to agree and I'm going to speak that. When a scripture jumps out, I'm telling you, when you're reading your Bible every day and something jumps out at you, you ought to go back and re-speak it over your life. When it jumps out, you ought to go back and just let that thing out of your mouth. Man, God, that was good. I saw what you said. And then you just let it rip, tater, chip. You're prophesying. You're You're creating things that should be within your life. We've been watching God set people free. I preached a six-part series on witchcraft that kind of shocked a lot of people because they always thought of witchcraft as the occult. But it's more than the occult. Half the church, if not more, operates in witchcraft. Witchcraft is an unhealthy, ungodly, illegal control over the will of other people. Drama is a perfect example of witchcraft. A perfect example of witchcraft. Dictatorial leadership is another realm. I didn't even get into every realm yet, but that's a realm of witchcraft. Unhealthy, a control. When we want to exercise control over other people because they're not doing what we want, and so we try to manipulate them, we're functioning in a different spirit than the Holy Spirit. You can't strong, even when you're married, it's, it's wrong for you to strong arm your spouse into pitting them down to make them do what you want them to do. You know, your spouse has a free choice, and God made it so. You know, Tammy and I aren't, aren't we don't, we don't want to be married because God says we have to be. We want to be married because we made a choice to agree with God and stick to that choice. And God lets us make that choice every single day. Now, it's gotten super easy. I mean, we don't even really think about it anymore. But, boy, there was a time. There was a time we had to make the choices. And we had to stop trying to manipulate the other person into doing what we wanted them to do because it wasn't the Holy Ghost. And, I mean, these realms... 
And so in the process of this whole six-part series, it stirred up something within our church that all of a sudden these leaders that are sitting there that are about to go to camp and these young people that have heard this that are about to go to camp, this, this you know, camp has this bubble anointing to it. You step into that realm and then, then God just drops and he starts working. It was like they knew what to do. Students knew what was happening. And even those that were getting delivered, there was something even in them going, I think I've heard this before somewhere. And it was like there was a level of something that broke out. And now within our body, it's beginning to function uh, regardless, you know, whether we're really focused on that or not. It's just kind of part of the mix now where, hey, this is part of how the Lord works in the church and how he wants to work within our lives. So I'm going to tell you something about deliverance if you need to understand this. Do I think that lost people need deliverance? Some of them do if they're trying to find Jesus. But Jesus said it was the children's bread. If you're one of the children of God, deliverance is your bread that you're supposed to be eating. So that the bugs and the mice and the varmints and the termites are cleaned out of your house. <clears throat> How many of us in the church are living with things that we should not live with that torment us, oppress us, enslave us, and make us defiled? We're living, you know, you know how many Christians there are living in sexual sin today? I'm not going to try to preach a message on sin here. Boy, it got real quiet when as soon as I said that. <laughs> this isn't a sin message, but it's a reality message. And I'm not just talking about the pulpit. I'm talking about the pew. Uh, the, the, the pew. I'm talking about the pulpit too. How many are living in sexual immorality? And we've just allowed it to become commonplace. And it's like, then we wonder why we... Listen, Jesus told the church of Thyatira, because you decided you were going to stop tolerating the Jezebel spirit, which was a spirit in that church of sexual immorality, who was seducing God's children to eat meat sacrificed to idols and commit sexual immorality. He said, because you decided that you were not going to tolerate it, I'm going to give you power over the nations. The believers that overcome that in these days are going to find the anointing that we need to reach the world out there. We've got to stop tolerating things that we're not supposed to live with. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to the choir. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm trying to equip you. Amen. I want you to have a mindset that God wants to use you in your realm. That this isn't just for somebody overseas. This is in America today. When we got that stuff going on that I just mentioned in Washington, D.C. I mean, I just found out that one of the major spirit-filled churches in our area that was so influential 10 years ago has now decided since 60% of their youth group is homosexual now that they're just not going to touch the issue. And many of those children are the elders' kids, so we're just not even going to mention it. We don't preach on it. We're not going to mention it. We're not going to touch it. We're just going to let it work itself out. And five years ago, there was none of that. And now we got 60% of that whole youth group. Well, what's going to happen in the next five years? What's the percentage going to be? Because nobody's leading. Nobody's talking. I'm like, well, what's the pastor doing? How's the pastor talking about that? Oh, no, he decided he wasn't going to even touch it. 
because he's afraid he'll lose some members and lose money. Because they're in hock up to their eyeballs with debt. And so they can't offend the business class of the church because that money will leave and then they'll be in, in trouble, can't make their note payments. So we're just going to leave it alone. And you know, they used to, two years ago, it used to be common that there would be gifts of the Spirit operate in, in church. Sunday morning church, it was somebody give a word. They, they, had, they literally had like five-fold ministry gifts in the leadership team that would get up and share a word and prophesy on Sunday morning. They'd pray for the sake. You know, they don't allow that anymore. Within 10 years, they've shut off all the gifts because it's too controversial. It's too controversial. What is happening when you don't address something? You're losing ground. Hallelujah. I'm trying to stay focused here, so amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we, we can't lose ground anymore. We got to gain ground. We got to decide that that bad temper's got to go. That it's not okay. And you know, it might be my flesh, but it also might be something has taken advantage of, of a weakness in me. Something has taken an advantage of me. And so if something has taken an advantage of me, I want to deal with that. And it's okay to tell the devil, you got to go. It's okay for you to tell the devil, you got to go. You'd be shocked at how many Christians are scared to even do that because they're too scared of the war that they might stir up. And it's like, we can't be that kind of a fearful people. There are more that be with us than be with them. And we are well able to take the land. You are well able. Everybody say, I'm well able. Listen to me. I'm going to read the scripture to you. I, I, I didn't plan this. This was not the direction, but we're going to go this way. Amen. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Dry places represent the wilderness, like when the camp of Israel was moving through the wilderness. Uh, remember, Miriam got into trouble because she was critical of Moses marrying somebody that she didn't like. And so they started mumbling about him, and God visited her and Aaron and, and, and told her, you're going to have to be set out in, outside the camp for seven days. We, we think of it just like, well, she was just kind of put out of the house for seven days. My God, she was actually under a death sentence. You realize when you were put out into the wilderness, you were vulnerable to everything, and you were probably not going to make it. God's hand was on her. God showed her mercy, but I imagine she was shaking in her boots for a while, uh, realizing that I'm vulnerable, and especially she, was, she had given herself over, and God's judgment upon her was giving herself over to the Shadim, or the, the desert spirits, because that's where they lived out there. They lived out in the desert places where there was no, no people howling and moaning, the Bible shows us. So when, a, when, a, when an unclean spirit leaves a man, that's where they go. They go away from the population. They go away from things where they were trying to live. And he seeks rest and he finds none. Then he says, I'm going to come back to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. What's well, a natural order of deliverance? When deliverance comes, it's just a natural process like the other things that God does to clean the house out of bugs, to clean the house out of things that don't belong there or not supposed to live there. And then he goes, when he finds it in this condition, he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Notice this. And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. I've heard preachers even tell me, well, I've never seen that. Well, I'm going to tell you what I've seen. I've personally seen people 
who, who got delivered, but they would not really surrender over to the Lord, and they just played with it, and didn't, they just wanted it for relief and not really for the freedom, that the, the way it got them the next time was they became more cold towards the things of God. They became more callous. Their hearing was more plugged up. They were more blind than ever. And it's like, you know, I, when people come to me for deliverance, I, I want to find out how serious are you. I want to find out, do you, do you want to just get relief because you're tormented? Or are you really wanting to find freedom? Because they're not the same. And as a pastor, you know, that's one of the things that's really important. You, you, people will come to you and want you to wave your hand over the place and fix it. But, the, but, the, but the, the adjustment we need to make is that we now need to sit at the master's feet and listen to him now, that we want to become disciples. So listen, so he says the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now here's the point. So shall it be also with this wicked generation. So Jesus is attaching this message to a generation. Listen to me. We've got a generation now that we live in, and it's not just young people. The generation is where if you're living today, you are in this generation. If you are alive right now, you are a part of this generation. When he begins to show up and he begins to clean the house up, and, you know, we, we kind of tend to think that he never will do that that he just doesn't really care how the condition of the house is. But we got to recognize that just like sin, you know, uh, back in the day there used to be a lot of messages of sin. You don't hardly hear any messages of sin. And I understand the answer to that is getting filled with the Holy Spirit. But what happens when I live in sin as a Christian? Does it mean I'm not going to make heaven? No, that doesn't mean that. Uh, does it mean that God's mad at me? No, it doesn't mean that. But it means that death is in my life. When, when, I, when I live in sin, I've, I've invited death. The wages of sin is death. That's true for the Christian too. That's why we have a remedy called the blood. We run to the blood. We ask God to forgive us and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness when we confess our sin. But what happens when I live in sin, my, my hearing, my perception, my end of the relationship with God is kind of muddied because all this other stuff is kind of hovering over me and plugging up the pipe where it's not working like it needs to work. That's why John talked about it, and he said, if you, if you ask anything and it's his will, he'll give it to you, but if your heart condemns you, you know, what's he talking about? When you're living in sin and you got, you got that sin in present and the condition of guilt is there. You know, you're supposed to feel guilty when you sin. It's okay. You're supposed to. We, we've got to understand that that's a great faculty. You know, I heard T.D. Jake say this years ago. He said, you know, conviction is God's permission to repent. I'm supposed to feel conviction when I commit sin. We're kind of, we're, you know, you listen to some of the stuff going on in the, in the body of Christ today with all this me movement going on, this better me thing going on. They act like we're not supposed to feel conviction when we do something wrong. And that ain't right. That is not a right message. We're supposed to. That's healthy for the Christian. It's not healthy to not feel nothing. I mean, if you can live in sin as a Christian and you can be okay with it, something ain't right. 
So I want the pot, you know, when I, was, when I was younger, you could hear a message like this from old Pentecostals. It's your sins that have separated you from your God. And, you know, we interpreted that, that if I committed sin, God's mad and he's cut me off and he's excommunicated me. That isn't even what Isaiah said. Isaiah said when you sin, you have positioned yourself in a different place where your relationship with God is muddy. He's still good with you. You're not good with him. You know, your sin is, is not bigger than God, but it has an effect upon you. And with that comes all kinds of other things. So when, when it's plugged up, my ability to perceive what it is God is saying is skewed. It's skewed. And with God can help us to understand how important it is to keep things clean and clear. You know, I, I, when he comes in a generation, in a time, to start sweeping out the house, we got to recognize that when the house gets cleaned up from the deliverance is not the end. Deliverance is just a step. It is not the cure-all. It doesn't fix everything. It's not meant to fix everything. And everything is a devil. But when it is, and there's sin there and other things, and you start adjusting and cleaning out the house, you know what you're supposed to do with a clean house? What this guy apparently did not do, what this generation did not do in the Bible, they didn't fill the house. You realize that they never received Jesus who just set them free? He was coming through the land, setting them free, and he's the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, the Lamb of God. He is the man that they were looking for, and they rejected him. And he was doing nothing but doing them good, setting them free, healing the sick. He was, he was cleansing the lepers and raising the dead. He was doing the miraculous in a generation, and yet... They did not fill the house. They never took him and put him on the throne. Of course, we know that there was a bigger picture going on. But how, how much could that have, that have been a different story had that generation embraced him? Now, do I think he would have went to the cross? Absolutely. Because it was the Father's will for the Lamb to be sacrificed. I think the whole thing would have been a different kind of a story, though. I think it would have been more of a process of willingness to go through with something that God says we must do instead of all the other thing where the devil got involved. But can you imagine a generation that we're living in right now? I mean, think about this. What I just said to you about what happened in Washington, D.C. This is our nation's capital. And I'm like, what in the world? I'm, and I'm looking at this, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not that shocked that these guys are out there doing that. I'm shocked at the mamas with their little kids celebrating this while they're shouting, I, we're coming for your children. We're coming for your children. My God, the church better arise and answer the call that's in front of us today because Jesus is wanting to visit a generation to rescue them from this stuff that's going on and show them the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. So they come out of this stuff. And it's you and me becoming bold in the Lord. Listen, how many of you in this place have ever cast out a devil? Hallelujah! Listen to me, everybody, you, if you want to know a year of completion for yourself, 
Don't just think of it in the realm of I got my bills paid off. How about you pick up the mantle of ministry and you start saying, Lord, I want you to give me a word. And not from Pastor Ziggy, but give you a word where you hear God talking. Where you have a dream, where you have a vision, where you have a scripture, where you have a word that will change your own life. Because your personal relationship, God is talking. And then you get out there and you pray for somebody that's sick. How many people got family members that got diseases right now? Terminal diseases or chronic conditions? You know, I know some of them do not believe and they don't like us kind of being aggressive like that. Well, I understand that. I got, got some of those too. But most people will at least let you pray over them. Man, can we pray about that? That's just horrible. And, you know, you get in the door and you pray with them. Listen, I used to pray. Some people I would pray with. Can I pray for you? No, no. Well, how about we pray together? Most people will do that. I would join hands with them. I would pray with them. But while I'm praying with them, I'm breaking the devil's power off their mind. In Jesus' name. And then when I would turn loose, them, we, oh, oh uh, amen. And I'd look at them, and many of them had, many of them had tears in their eyes. I'd say, yeah, how about we pray now? Yes. It was like something was in the way. Something was blocking and blinding their mind. And you just have to find a way to get it and not give up so easily. And you know, some members, some, some family members, A.A. Allen used to, I just love this stuff, A.A. Allen used to teach about this stuff. He said, sometimes when you want the devil out, you got to make him mad. It's, you know what, it's okay if some of your family members get mad at you over the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're being something you shouldn't be and they get mad at you, that's a different story. But if you're being a child of God and you're showing the love of God and you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and they don't like that, you need to recognize what you're dealing with. Break the devil's power off their mind and loose them and let them go in their thinking and then try to present the message to them. And if you find a devil, cast it out. You don't have to be weird about it. You don't have to be like some exorcist. You just need to get in there and say, in Jesus' name, devil, you would just command you to take your hands off and get out. And sometimes you don't even have to say devil. You just say, arthritis, you turn loose. Cancer, you've got to go. Depression in the name of Jesus. You just call it what it is. And tell it it has to go. Strife and bickering and fighting and quarreling. Many homes are filled with junk like this. Christian homes are filled with fighting and quarreling and bickering. Man, we knew when we were young married people. We, we, we had a revelation of this come to us. When we started recognizing that, that our communication, something was wrong. Because, I mean, I would say something... And then she would perceive that I said something I did not say. And I'm trying to defend myself and say, but I didn't say it that way. Or, or vice versa. She would say something to me and I'm like, you didn't say that. You said this. This is why, and you know, our personalities are different. Tammy gets mad, you know about it immediately. I get mad, you know about it two weeks later. So I cook about two weeks before I blow. And she's totally caught off guard. The devil just had a recipe here he was working with. And we started realizing there's something in the atmosphere of this rent house that we're living in. We lived in a rent house, and, and there was things that happened in that house. before we, we didn't own the house. 
we only had a limited victory until we started realizing what was happening and we started taking authority over the confusion that that evil spirit was, it was trying to divide us. The devil tries to divide people. You realize it happens in church all the time. How many pastors are preaching the message, but by the time it reaches your ear, something has gotten in here and twisted it because it knows you well enough to try to trigger you. A couple of old guys years ago in the church, they invited me over to play pool one Saturday. And I go over there, and Pastor Tom's our pastor. And I'm over there playing pool with them, and they're starting in on Pastor Tom. My God, can you believe that man? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He, all he said, these are two Baptist guys, all he says is tongues, tongues, tongues. He's ramming it down our throat. And I mean, these old guys are mad. They're hostile and they're mad. And I'm going, now, what, what service was this? Sunday. Didn't you hear him? I said, yeah. The message wasn't about tongues. <laughs> In fact, I don't think pastor even said the word tongues. He never used a scripture with tongues in it. I went and got the tape and re-listened to it. Not one time that service did he even mention tongues, but somewhere in their mind, they heard something that was not said. And you know what was working in them? Offense. Do you realize offense will make you hear things that are not said? And what do you, listen, I know offense can be our heart getting hurt and upset about things, but I'm telling you, the devil, he kind of sneaks in there and he amps it up. That's what he does. Listen, he don't have power over our will, but some of us, we walk in places that we just fail to recognize. Just like this morning, I'm talking about uh, needing to hear, and the level of your hearing is like the level of your, your maturity. The seeing is the same way. What you see, how you see it. I'm telling you, there's spiritual sight and there's natural sight. And you can look at the same picture. Christians can line up and look at the same picture and see something different. And a lot of that's dependent on how their maturity level is. We can look at the same verse of Scripture and see something different. I'm you, when you have mature sight, you start recognizing there's something else going on here. We need to stop it. We need to take authority over this, this, this temptation to divorce, this temptation to get offended, this, 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 this thing that wants me to, to have this, this build up for an emotional crash. I pastored a long time. Listen to me. We, 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 are, we are right now watching people in our church who've lived a cycle the whole time we've been there, a cycle of building up, building up, building up just for the big crash. And then they start that process all over again. Come out of that stuff. Change that stuff. See things they never saw. Heard things in the word of God they never saw. And it's almost like, like I was told about my daughter-in-law this morning, it's almost like she's gotten saved. She didn't really just get saved. She got free. <clears throat> she got free. When you get free, things happen. And it's like a new world. And I'm going to tell you how Tammy and I are. We don't just, we, we didn't just practice this like once years ago. You know, we've lived life since then. 
we went through some things we didn't understand, things that were painful, things that were hurtful, things that were traumatizing. And, you know, I wished I could say that I've been a perfect minister, perfect Christian, and, you know, I never had any doors come open where the devil got in. But I can't stand here and tell you that. There have been times of weakness in my life. There's been times where the door came open. There's been times where I didn't realize I was being played and the devil was creeping in like Delilah. You know, you're just Samson all that until she cuts your hair. And then there you are. And you're like, oh, my God. We've learned to practice addressing things within our life, addressing issues, addressing things. We pray about it. We find scripture about it. We, we lift it up before the Lord. We make confession and declaration, and we tell the devil, you can't have any part of this. You know, something about the devil, he's a, he's a thief. He's a thief. And, he's, and one of the, the things that you don't see in, the, in all the new translations that the old King James used to have, he's a usurper. A usurper is a good old King James word. You know what a usurper means? It means he, over, he tries to override authority. And it's your authority as a human being and as a Christian. He tries to sneak in there and just override and just take over. And it can seem like that sometimes. And when you catch him, I'm telling you, you need to have, you need to have this relationship with the devil. Pop him in the mouth. Pop him in the nose. You make sure that he... Listen, I'm not trying to be boastful. or, or I'm just telling you. You need to have a relationship to where when he shows up, you understand that there's going to be blood. And you're going to understand that my relationship with you is never going to be peaceful. You're going to be dealt with in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you something. The devil hates all of us. But some of us, he respects more than others. God loves us all, but there's some of us he respects more than others. I'm going to let that sit right there. Amen. Hallelujah. So I've sweated. I want to see a generation get free. And I'm going to do everything I can to help that get free. Man, when we watched Zariah, man, Zariah, y'all just don't understand Zariah. Zariah, you talk about a, a broken young lady, a young lady, and man, she's on fire. She's so on fire. She's, I mean, taking everything to heart, everything she's sucking in like a big sponge now. And she used to come and sit there and roll her eyes. And like, oh, God, here we go again. She just came for the social events of church. Now, last year she got a touch, but she went home and lost it because of the environment, and she was not prepared. You know, back last year we didn't really have time to equip her. But this month, one of the reasons why in our church we took off the month of July from our classes, we didn't take off from church. One of the things about young people, remember this, because this, I think your pastors has this vision too with all of our young, the young people here. Sometimes you can raise up kids in church and young people in church, but because you got the ditty going on in the back of the church, they don't even know that man. All they know is the teachers and the instructors that they've had, but they've never sat under the man of God. I started realizing a few years back that I've got youth group, youth children who started out in kids' church. Some of them started out in the nursery, and they don't even know who I am. Yeah. 
because we've been so busy trying to build a ministry back there that my ministry never had an impact within their life. And so by the time they graduated from the youth group, they left because they had no relationship with the pastor. It's like we decided we were going to fix that. So this month of July at Christian Fellowship Church, pastor's been pouring in to those kids that came back from camp and been addressing what's been going on and been talking to the old folks and telling the old folks, we need to get behind this. This isn't just for them. You got to have, you know, Doc Schumann. You know, pa Pastor Ziggy knows Doc Schumann. You know, Doc Schumann told us something years ago at nursing home ministry. Years ago, nursing home ministry. He got up there to preach at nursing home ministry. And he, when he got up there, he's like, now, all right, you old folks in here, you need Jesus. And don't act like you need Jesus. Your hearts are full of sin. I mean, I'm listening to old Pastor Doc Schumann. He goes, you're just too old in your body to do the things that are going on in your mind. <laughs> My God, <laughs> I'm like, I never heard it. You know, you just think old folks, they, you know, they're all sweet and not all of them. Not all of them. The thing we got to fight, though, is we can't be a dead, a dead rudder. The young people need us. The young people, I'm telling our folks this, you need to get up there and show them how it's done. The Bible says you take a child and you leave him to himself, he will bring shame. That is more than just the home. That is the church. If the church can't mentor the young people by examples, then those young people have no way of seeing an example of how to behave. And it's so tempting. I'm telling you, it's so tempting for older folks to just take a step back because we punched our card, we did our time, and now we're enjoying the golden years. It's not meant to be that way in the house of God. It's not meant to be that way in the house of God. My God, I'm telling you, we have a grand opportunity in front of us for God. He's shaking the thing up. I'm telling you, it's... it's, it's just in the last couple of weeks, I have heard about deliverance coming to places that never, that never had it. We've at least had it. They've never had it before, and their world is turned upside down now. And I'm like, go, God, teach them. You get in there, and you throw them devils out. <laughs> you take back what you bought with your blood. And I'm all for it. Listen, it's not a cure-all. It don't fix everything. But the other side of the coin is the house is getting full and a generation is rescued. A generation is rescued. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, listen to me. I said it this morning. I'll say it again. I'm saying it because the Holy Ghost is saying it to me. We're coming to a time. All of these steps, all of these things that are happening are bringing us to a time because he's about to bring in the, the harvest in such a massive way and he wants them to be coming into a place that knows him, that serves him, where he's living in the house and he's king of the house. And they come in and pick it up right from there with a people that are on fire. Hallelujah. He doesn't want a generation coming in that gets saved, but then just like a baby that with no home, they boot them out on the street. He wants them coming into a healthy home and gathering that wheat up into the barn. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Praise God. 
I'm, I'm stirred up now. Amen. I'm, I'm sweaty and everything. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor Tammy, would you come up here, please? Thank you, Jesus. And, and can I have somebody with, with a, some oil? Hallelujah. Who's got some oil? We're going to anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. We're going to pray for you to be well. I don't care if you got a hangnail. I, want you, I believe God wants to touch you. God's going to help you. Hallelujah. Just like this young lady this morning. God's moved in her. You know, it, you know, the very least is God brought peace to you. You know, whatever was cooking in your mind, God settled that. I believe he did a lot because I, I, there's things I could have said, but I just held back because I'm like, I've never, I've never said anything like that ever. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, man, essential oils. That's great. What you want? Frankincense. That's great. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and Pastor, uh, the Lord told me to pray for your knees. He told me that this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, he said it to me like this because I've been having knee trouble. And he said, you know, the best thing for you to do is start giving some of that away. Position yourself to receive. So I'm positioning myself to receive my miracle by trusting in the same Jesus to bring a miracle. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something else. Who's got thyroid problems? I need to see you up to the front. Thyroid problems. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, church, stretch your hand out to your pastor. Hey, and, uh, sister, I want you to come on up. You're going to help us to pray. Is that okay? Is that okay? Amen. I want you to just kind of follow along with us, all right? Here we go. Amen. Here's some oil. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking you to fix these knees. I'm asking you to put brand new knees in there, pads in there, bones in there. Lord, I'm asking you to do a work in this man of God and make those knees well. I rebuke the condition of deterioration. And I declare new, brand new, healed and whole and pain-free, mobility restored in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare it over him now in the name of Jesus. No more wear and tear. A reversal of the wear and the tear. We're not going to get old in the knees. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Hallelujah. Man, I like that fire of God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to tell you something, Pastor. Praise God. And, it, and this is not anything you don't know. 
But thus says the Lord, the time of the anointing of the Father that is upon you is now reaching out and embracing the orphans. There are many orphans that are out in my house and their identity is messed up in all kinds of things, but the anointing of a father that is upon you is about to apprehend the heart. And like David stood before Saul and became his armor bearer, there are going to be many sons that are going to stand up and they're going to cleave to you. They're going to come up under you. They're going to begin to be mentored by you and fathered by you. Your word is going to carry something different with them. And it's not just males, but males and females that are out there in the place of my, my church that is scattered. But it is time to gather them up. So I'm reaching them and I'm pulling them in and I'm bringing them to you. And they're going to attach themselves to you. And your voice will be different. Your word will be different. The care that you have will be different. And God is raising up those sons and daughters and they're going to repeat the anointing that is in your life and it's going to spread out and go here and there. Hallelujah. But the time of the anointing of Father upon you is now. It's now. Now it's always been there, but you're going to see the fruit of it like you've never seen the fruit of it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we, we declare healing to the thyroid and all of the, the chemical makeup and all of the things, those T numbers, we just declare them to come up and we declare things that have attacked and things that have hindered and hurt. We rebuke that today and we declare healing to her thyroid. That energy, vitality, vigor, and strength. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that her need for sleep, Lord, will diminish. And her level of energy will rise in the name of Jesus. That if she wants to sleep, she's doing it for fun, but not because she has to. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare it right now. Right now, right now, right now. Right now. Ah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, healed, healed, healed. Healed in your thyroid in the name of Jesus. Healed in your thyroid in the name of Jesus. No more feeling bad. We declare the pain to go. In Jesus' name, we declare healing to your thyroid right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare that thing turning around right now. In the name of Jesus. 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 You know, I'm going to tell you something, Marissa, by the Holy Ghost today. You know, when I was laying my hands on you, I saw a bird on a fence post, and it was just, just jumping up on a fence post. 
And the Lord just began to speak to me and said, Marissa's like that bird on a fence post, and I'm trying to get her to jump and really fly. She needs to catch that breeze that she knows is there because she's a bird. She's meant to be up there and not down here. And I'm telling you, Marissa, if you will, if, I know this is going to sound, if you will cast your care to the wind, if you will cast your care to the wind, you're about to catch a breeze that will carry you where you've been trying to get on your own. Listen, he's got to carry you there, but you got to trust him. And if you will cast your care... If you will cast your, it's casting it on him, but you'll cast your care to the wind. I'm telling you, your life is about to change. You know, there's a real Marissa. Mar Marissa, I, I love you. But you know, there are times you, you bury things and you protect yourself. You, you, you have learned to protect, you have learned there are tools in your toolbox to protect yourself to just give so much because you get hurt and you get wounded. And I'm telling you, the days of that, God's bringing them to an end and he's saying, trust me. Really trust me with your life. Really trust me and cast your care to the wind and you watch and see what the amazing hand of God will do with you. Hallelujah. Sister, it's time to fly. It's time to fly. Hallelujah. Lift, lift up your hands, Father. Lord, we just cast our care upon the Lord for you care for us. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> yes. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 sister, I love you, I love you, I love you, I'm telling you, sister, and I, I'm, I know I'm, I'm not moving on just quite yet, but you're, what he, what, what will that be the outcome of this? You're going you're gonna to be more aware of what God's up to than what's going on in the earth realm. You're very in tune with what goes on in the earth realm at times. But boy, in the winds of the Spirit, your perception from up there is so different than it is down here. And man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the way people even think about you. People even perceive you because it's the real you. It's the you that is not being protected anymore. And you're not going to be so concerned about what hurts you anymore. It's just not going to be something that you think about that much anymore. Those things that used to work, God's about to take you to a place where they don't work like that anymore. Things that do work. Amen. Hallelujah. It's your time. It's your time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, sister. Lord Jesus, we pray that you heal the thyroid tonight. Heal that thyroid tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for this burning torch. This, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Energy, strength, life, peace in the body. 
No more being dragged down like you're carrying a bag of weights. I'm telling you, I see that. It's like you've been carrying a bag of weights. I see God just setting you free from that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Fix that thyroid, Father. I thank you for doing it tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for fixing this thyroid. Lord, for repairing it, restoring it. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, I think God has to resurrect yours in Jesus' name. That's it, isn't it? That's right. Your thyroid needed to be resurrected. And I command it to come alive again. In the name of Jesus, I command your thyroid to come alive and live. Now! Now! In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, crank up this lady's metabolism. In the name of Jesus. And restore her to days that have long gone for energy and life. Mobility, the want to, the desire to, to live and not die. I'm telling you, you felt so bad you wanted to die that you felt like you were washed up and used up and that was it. I'm telling you right now, God is bringing life to you and your life is turning Jesus' name. We command your thyroid to live. Everybody in this place, say we command her thyroid to live. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Ah! Oh! Oh! <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Amen, church. You ready to have revival this week? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother, are you in the line? All right. Pastor, come on, let's pray. Hallelujah. We're going to... Well, might as well. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you to heal his knees, his shoulders, and every joint in his body. We command pain, wear and tear, arthritis. We command it to change. Now, in the name of Jesus. We rebuke this condition and we command it to be restored. We declare life and life more abundantly. We release the healing power of God to fix this man 
and to work in him right now. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I hear the Lord saying, brother, you need to pray for the sick. You really need to you really need to stir that up in your life. Hallelujah. Because God's really wanting you to kind of get out there and pray for the sick. Hallelujah. 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 And you know what? The Lord loves you, brother, and he, he knows that you're going to do right with it. He knows that what you're going to do with that is point people to him. You're not going to take a bit of the glory, a bit of the credit. And you're going to use it for what it's meant to be used for as a billboard sign for the lost to come. Amen. And that's in your heart. And I'm telling you, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but he knows that. But that's, that's where you, listen, you have a favor. The Lord, Lord, I'm telling you, he loves you. He loves all of us. But there are some people he kind of has his face turned towards them. And it's you. Hallelujah. So walk with him and share it. Just share, just share what he's given you. Amen. I love you, brother. God bless you. You are a blessing. Thank God. Hallelujah. How are you, Tabitha? What would you like Jesus to do for you? Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's do this right off, okay? I want you to close your eyes because we're going to talk to Jesus just for a minute. Say, Lord Jesus, you did not give me the spirit of fear. And you know what I'm dealing with. But I don't have to be afraid. So I command fear to leave me. I need confidence to come. The confidence of faith. Because by your stripes, I was healed. And you love me just like you love everybody else. You died for me just like you died for everybody else. You paid for my healing just like you paid for everybody else and you love me that much and I believe that tonight I'm going to have an answer and that answer is going to come with peace and rest and a miracle change in Jesus name my life belongs to you you are my Lord and I love you and I thank you tonight thank you for healing me Jesus name now Lord Jesus I ask you to touch Tabitha right now 
And I'm asking you, Lord, that her heart just gets filled with a great peace that passes understanding, that the conditions that are in the natural will never dictate to her again. Lord, that the voice that's trying to come from circumstances, Lord, that you silence and snuff out that voice. And we ask you to fix it, God. Lord, fix her knees and fix whatever is going on on the inside and correct it now in the name of Jesus. We command this thing to turn loose of her right now. And we declare right now in Jesus' name, you be loosed, you be at rest, and you be at peace. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. Amy, put your hand right there on her stomach. In the name of Jesus. Lord, move things around, readjust things, cause things to turn loose that don't belong, and we declare right now a change. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, we declare peace over you. Hallelujah. You got a lot of life to live. Amen. You got a lot of people that love you and need you. You ain't going nowhere. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what? You are absolutely precious. You, you are precious. I'm telling you, we, we remember you from so many years ago. We remember you guys. You all are awesome. Love you. Let's trust the Lord, okay? Amen. And if something happens real quick, you let me know, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. What you got going on? All right. Praise God. Come on, sister. Your neck, too. Okay. Okay. We need some drastic changes. Okay. Father, we thank you for healing in these knees, healing in this neck. We command the pain to go. Healing. Lord, if there's things that got to be moved into position, but Lord, fill in them bones. Fill in them bones. Fill in them bones. Fill them bones back in. Build them bones and cushions back up. In the name of Jesus, we declare healing right now. In the name, by God, I'm telling you right now, the power of the Lord. You know, there's every now and then or something like that just about knocks me down when it goes into somebody. Sister, the Lord is here. He's here. Hallelujah. I want you to say, I believe I receive it. I believe I'm going to be well. Pain-free. Normal life. In the name of Jesus. God Almighty, I'm telling you. Hallelujah. 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 Where's Sister Tabitha? Tabitha, 
You know, I just heard the Lord say just now to tell you that uh, good news is on the way. It's already been released. You're about to hear good news. And I'm not exactly sure if it's related to what we just prayed about or not. It could be. But the Lord just spoke to me and said, "Good, you know what? The cycle of bad news is changing. Good news is beginning to come. And I'm telling the messengers have already been released with the message in hand. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't, that, obviously, I think that bears witness with you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I'm over here in it right now. You know what? This room is full. We've got a lot more in here than human beings. In fact, I'm telling you right now, listen to me. The angels of heaven, they're in this place tonight. It's, it's kind of related to what I just told, spoke to Tabitha, but God has released them to come into this house tonight to go home with you. Do, do you realize they've been given to us to minister, to help us? And you know what? There's been a great cry out of this house for help. And the Lord has sent them into the house and they're going home with you. And you know what? They don't leave. Do you know that? When they get assigned, they stay for the duration of your earthly visitation. I'm telling you, they got all kinds of things that are in their hand and in their care to work into your life. You're going to begin to feel the directive power of God that's going to lead you specifically, going to empower you, and you're going to know that the Lord is helping me. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this church is about to encounter a change. A change. The Lord. Hallelujah. There's a, I'm telling you, a major transition is happening tonight. Not only has your capacity been increased, but your functionality and the things of the Spirit has gone up. Hallelujah. Your effectiveness. Okay, Lord. And he's like, no, no, just back up. Just, just hold up a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Boy, hallelujah. My God, we're going to have revival this week. Thank you, Jesus, for fixing these. You got knees or what is it? There's a lot of stuff. All right, Lord, fix. Swelling, numbness. Swelling, numbness.
I, I hear it. All right. I want you to hold your hands up, sister. Now, Lord Jesus, you heard her. She's crying out. She's asking you to help her. She knows she needs freedom in some areas of her life. Because these things make her behave in a way that you didn't make her to behave. These things hinder her from getting places that you need her to be. And so, Father, this is a divine appointment tonight in the name of Jesus. We ask you to set her free. And Satan, we put you on notice. Lord, if there's bad spirits in there, we're asking you to put your hand on them, finger on them, and drive them out. And loose her and let her go in the name of Jesus. You came to set the captive free, and sometimes we find out we've got it. So I want you to say this, Cherie. Say, Lord Jesus, set me free. <coughs> Every demon spirit that's been holding me captive, oppressing me in any way, or tormenting me, I want it out. And I break its power. And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You will not torment me anymore. You will not control me or hold me back. You will not distort the way that I see myself. In the name of Jesus, I declare I'm free because you have to go now in the name of Jesus. Now take a deep breath, Sheree. Go in the name of Jesus. Be released from that now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We command it to turn loose. Command you to turn loose. In Jesus' name. Lord, heal her physical body. Make her well. Take away the pain, the numbness in her arms and hands, difficulty getting around. Lord, reverse the effects of anything that's been broken or damaged. Lord, we pray for healing tonight on the inside and healing on the outside. Lord, I pray that she goes home and looks in the mirror and sees somebody she hadn't seen in a long time. Lord, she sees herself out from under a load, under a burden. Jesus, our Savior, our Deliverer, makes us free in the name of Jesus. Yes. several days and say nope we not going there you can't come back you've got to go you don't have a house here no more it's not uncommon so we're gonna if you have to do that we're gonna have to do that hallelujah I'm so proud of you you have grown so much my God you have grown into being a minister 
And you lead us into the presence of God. And I'm telling you, it's, it's you. That's who you are. It's not, you're not putting on something. It's not, a, it's not something that you have to get up here and do up here, but you're some, another person somewhere else. It's who you are. And man, is it evident. You know what the Bible calls that? That's called holy. We think of holy that I ain't got no problems. No, that's not holy. Holy is I am who I say I am. And when you're a worshiper, you're a worshiper. When you love Jesus, you love Jesus. That's who you are. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so, it may not mean anything coming from me, but I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I've watched you over these years just grow. It's awesome. It's awesome. You need Jesus to do some things for you? How many of you in the line are in that condition? Is anybody else needing, like they feel like deliverance or anything? Praise God. Okay. Anybody over here? Anybody in the church? You, you feel like maybe you want to pray something? Listen, this is how we did it at church the other night. Wednesday night, we just had a group prayer. And, and I, no less than seven people have come to me since then. I, I had to leave real quick, but no less than seven people have, have let me know something happened to me. They never even considered that that was an evil spirit that was tormenting them. But at least seven people, and then I've heard reports of others. So it was just a group prayer. You know, you don't always have to just sit down with everybody at one time, uh, you know, just praying individually. Sometimes you can do a group prayer. Praise the Lord. Man, brother, boy, the Lord loves you, man. He loves you so much. And you know what I see? I see pieces coming back together for you. Boy, the devil has tried to make you, it's like a wind in your life, just blowing things around that they will never, like they're scattered. Man, I see the Lord gathering those pieces back up and putting you, putting you back together in a way that you feel like you know you again. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, I'm telling you what, I don't even think you're going to have to try that hard. Because he's doing it for you. Because you know what? He knows if you could do it, you'd have probably already done it. But, he, but he's brought you into a place where your recognition of him has opened up his power of love. Because by his power of love came into this earth and grabbed a whole bunch of sin and dealt with it so that we could be reconnected to the one who loved us that much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you physically okay? As far as you know? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name? Raphael. Raphael. Hallelujah. I've heard there's an angel might be named that. Amen. I don't know. <laughs> Raphael, you're in the right place tonight. Praise God. All right, everybody in this place, if you would honor the Lord by standing up.
And I, I know I, I'm, you don't always have to do it that way, but I want you to close your eyes. Here's how we're going to pray tonight. I want you to let me pray, and then we're going to pray together. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm going to want to step on that. So, Father, I thank you tonight that we've got authority through the name of Jesus because you said in your word, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, Lord, I take that authority tonight, and we as Christians, we as believers, take the authority of the name of Jesus. And, Lord, you have told us in the word that we've got an enemy, a spiritual enemy, the devil all of his demons Lord that they are opposed to you and they're opposed to us <clears throat> they desire to mock God and distort our lives and so Father tonight we come to you in full submission Lord we repent of sin where we've been practicing it where we've been excusing it where we've been allowing it and we repent tonight and put that under the blood and Father we forgive those who've hurt us, those who've said things to us, those who've abused us, those who've let us down. And we forgive them tonight and release them in Jesus' name. And we break the power of things that have been spoken over us that we have believed, that we've yielded to, that have tried to define our life and like a dark sheet tried to hang over our head. We take authority tonight break that stuff in Jesus name everybody in this room I want you to say Lord Jesus you came to set the captive free and that's me you set me free of sin and you set me free where the devil has gotten in I want you to help me tonight because tonight is my night you want me to walk out of this room different than when I walked in. I need you to heal me on the inside like you heal me on the outside. Help me emotionally. Help me mentally. And help me spiritually. Help me in my relationships. Help me in the way that I see and the way that I hear. In the name of Jesus, I break the curse of rejection. I'm not rejected. My Father has accepted me. In Jesus' name, I break the power of every demonic power that has come into my life, snuck into my life, even things that I'm not aware of that I was born with. I'm asking you to uproot those things and in the name of Jesus, I command them to leave me. I break the power of addiction, control, witchcraft, poverty, lying, deceit, anger, malice, unforgiveness, hostility, jealousy, in the name of Jesus. And I command those things to leave me and not bother me again. In Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got one more thing to do. Now that's going to sound really strange. I'm actually caught off guard by it. You're sitting under a man of God who sows into you a message of supernatural increase. Now I'm going to tell you something. Even though you, some of you, it's not for everybody, but some of you have sat under this message a long time and still it's like the enemy has kind of hindered you from being able to comprehend it in the measure that you should be able to comprehend it. I just, I just heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to address that. The atmosphere of, of, of what you perceive is being said so that you actually get it. it, it it's, it's time. Listen, there, there, this church, this, this, there's no, absolutely no way that this church with this man and woman of God ministering that kind of a word to you should not have absolutely overwhelming harvest in all of your lives. And I know it already does in many of your lives, but I'm telling you, some of us, we, we, got, we got, this is time. It's time to get it on the full measure. Because there's, there's something coming. And we need those issues resolved. We need that. We need that because it positions us. It's not the only thing in the kingdom, but boy, I'm telling you, in this church, winter church, it's one of your deals. I mean, it's one of your deals. Hallelujah. So close your eyes one more time and say, Lord Jesus, I take my authority through your name and I break the curse of poverty, lack, and financial destruction. I rebuke the spirits of poverty, lack, and financial destruction. I break the power of a deaf and dumb spirit that is trying to plug me up where I can't see it and I can't hear it because you've called me into this house to prosper in Jesus' name. Supernatural increase is headed my way. I say what I have and I have what I say. Doors of opportunity are opening for me today because supernatural increase is headed my way. Now let's celebrate. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm glad I came to church tonight. Amen. Pastor, man, come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad you came to the house of God today? Glory to God. Listen, we're just starting. 
Day one. Day one. Pastor Ben will be here tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Jesus will be here. Amen. You know, I know Jesus will be here because we're going to be here. Amen. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. Maybe you didn't receive all that you wanted or all that you felt like you needed today. You know, that's why we're coming back and we're opening up our hearts to the Lord. So listen, I, I appreciate you. I love you. God bless you. Uh, Father, I thank you for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, for all you're going to do. Lord, I pray that your hand will rest mightily upon your people as we go tonight. And Lord, that you will go with us and that you will touch through us and work, God, like you worked with the disciples of old. Your word says that they went preaching and that signs followed them because you were with them. Lord, be with us in the measure where people will see us and know that we've been with Jesus. Lord, not that just we've been to church, but that we've been with Jesus. Lord, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Uh, I, I pray uh, traveling mercies for those that are traveling far. Lord, uh, your angels are going with us tonight according to your word. And so, Lord, we're leaving here knowing that we're not leaving by ourselves. Glory to God. We leave here tonight knowing that there are more with us and for us than there are against us. And they're going with us tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Father. And everybody that believed it shouted amen. amen.